Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Welcome Um, back to Old Hollywood Realness, everyone. That's right. We are the podcast that celebrates all the glitz and or glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. And or glamour. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Cool. So we are um, back at it again, you guys. It's point... uh, Part two of our Ooky, Spooky, and Dookie series. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, it's, uh, man, <laughs> I'm just, I'm marching towards Halloween. Like, it's like I'm a six-year-old kid. It's great. I can't even oh, handle too. it. Oh, me too. I'm really happy. I know. Especially since I figured out my Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know what I'm doing for Halloween except taking the day off. Because yeah. it's a Wednesday. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good reason not to go to work. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Let's just split the week up and get a little loaded. Exactly. <laughs> that would be my perfect way to do is split a week. Oh, that'd be so nice. Yes. Two days days off one day off anyway well kathleen yeah oh um it's good to see you good to see you too Um, super stoked because we're actually going to be seeing each other in the flesh later this week but the real question is yes what's the question do you want to go to hell with Madam Satan? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, this movie well, was a straight cuckoo banana crackers. We saw a movie. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Madam Satan today. Um, That's right. 1930 from MGM. We've got Kay Johnson, who plays Angela Brooks, a.k.a. Madame Satan, mm-hmm. uh, Reginald Denny plays Bob Brooks, Lillian Roth plays Trixie, Roland Young plays Jimmy Wet, Jimmy Wade, uh, Elsa Peterson plays Martha the Maid, Boyd Irwin plays the Zeppelin Kaplan, Wallace McDonald is his first mate, and then we got Theodore Kozloff doing a cameo as Electricity, mm-hmm. which I feel like is such a fabulous drag name, Electricity. It totally is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and- coming to the stage from Long Beach, California, Electricity. So this film and is... It was, it was uh, directed by the great uh, Cecil B. DeMille. That's right. Ready for a close-up. I know. Mr. DeMille. <laughs> Uh, we've got Adrian is doing the costume designs, which right. I mean, good God, if there was an Oscar in 1930s for costume, this would be it. Um, yeah. I did want to point out too, that this is a production designed by Cedric, um, Cedric or Cedric Gibbons and my, um, Mitchell Lyson, who you may remember from being the costume designer from Taming of the Shrew, which we, mm-hmm. we talked about during that episode. Um, so Kathleen, I wanted to point out Cedric um, Gibbons actually before we get into it because he sure. actually had a super long career as being sort of the, one of the production designers throughout like the MGM studio era. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of an interesting character um, and has a long storied career. But Amazing. Kathleen, tell me your experience with this film. Do you have a history with this? 
zero. Uh, <laughs> I knew nothing about it until you told me about it. So I'm just like, um, you tell me <laughs> what, what? More importantly, have you seen this movie? <laughs> and why did you pick it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, let's. We know why. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, this movie um, is Rudek. Okay, and um, yes. <laughs> so there, I have this book. I was given this book actually, this wonderful book right here that I'm holding up for in front of the camera that doesn't exist because for all our listeners to see, not, because yes, so for all of our <laughs> listeners to see. If you'll note the screen, um, it's this book called Gowns by Adrian. Shout out to my BFF uh, Jennifer for giving this to me for my birthday many, many, many years Yay. ago back in New York. Um, it's um, Gowns by Adrian, the MGM years, 1928 to 41, by Howard Guttner. So. In this book, it kind of breaks down his entire career and stuff, starting from back when he was like a preteen all the way through to the um, to his Couturier years. And oh, in so this cool. book, there's this whole part about this section about Madam Satan. And I'm talking a mile a minute right now. I feel like I'm out of breath. <laughs> this movie no, gets no, me. No, you're doing great. This movie gets me excited. <laughs> you get the vapors. I'm I understand. like, yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. So. Um, <laughs> It, the movie has like all these photos from the film and stuff and I saw the costumes and I was familiar with like um, Adrian's kind of his spectacle work like uh, the great mm-hmm. Ziegfeld and Ziegfeld girl and all of that you know the, the usual suspects for him and I'm, which are amazing and I had never seen um, Madame Satan so a few years ago for my birthday or Christmas I asked um, I asked my boyfriend or his fiance if you will um <laughs> To, uh, he's like, what do you want for Christmas or whatever gift giving holiday was? And I was like, I want Madam Satan <laughs> on DVD. So I gave him a link to it to buy from TCM, and it was one of those like they burned it just for you. Like they they oh, they print wow. them because it's oh, so I think cool. it's like Warner. They kind of do that. So it yeah. came in a DVD case with just the sleeve of the you know the the pre printed sleeve and then nothing yeah. else inside of it. So it was just the movie and that's it. So I watched it and um, I was beyond floored i was like this is the strangest (laughs) movie i have ever seen (laughs) but the costumes were phenomenal so yes that is my history with this film and this movie it's still it's like you we could have done this for our stinker series but i think that the costumes make and and there's just so much in this movie that actually makes it not a stinker in a way oh for sure like you're just so compelled by just how like nuts this movie is so yeah yeah so like yeah this the, what I, did you I think can't though put this on par with the prodigal no you know what I mean? yes <laughs> um or like um, the, I, yeah or like virginia city know, where it's just like kind of up it, its own it, ass i just think that this yes, movie was and you're like, just like i'm trying to get through it yeah, yeah. this one is just a wild me it's like a wildly misguided film like yes <laughs> it's yes it's, it's um you know what it is it's like when i watched it okay so the first time around i watched it it's just like you're just like, what am I watching? It's like a lot of everything. And then the second time around watching it, again, sort of watching it with that lens of like, okay, it's the 1930s. It's during the Depression. Like, talkies had just started. Mm-hmm. Like, even even not really even, uh, just knowing my, sort of my, my own sort of knowledge of that history, light history, I guess, um, really kind of... Um, it makes a lot of sense in a way because it's, it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is, they were just trying to cram as many elements as they could into a movie mm-hmm. and it's an escape. Right. I mean, I can definitely say that like, man, this would have been a fun movie to watch if you're living like balls deep in the depression and you need an escape for a couple hours in an air conditioned room, this would be an odyssey yeah. for a nickel. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wow. 
but um yeah it's just it's got a lot I was just like what am I watching and then um and it there you're right like there are elements in it like where it could be insufferable but because there's like levels of pre-code humor and content to it that you're like oh my god they just joked about that like oh this is cool you know and then um party on the zeppelin like i just i mean just i just (laughs) there's so many turns and twists and then people falling out of the sky and just oh my god and then the costumes and even the subject matter of like i'm like okay so is this like a whore off like i don't understand (laughs) because i'm like so so they do have a straight up like dance they do have like a one of those like stomp the yard style dance-offs yeah, like it and goes like it's like and... wild swinging back and forth it's so it makes no sense it's it's really yeah yeah and then the whole idea of just and, but again that's so very pre-code of like the idea of like oh well he's cheating because you know you know you treat him like a little boy like you're more of a mother than like a like a hotsy totsy fun person mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go out with the hotsy totsy fun person and so once the woman who loves her husband and is actually like trying to figure out how to fix the problem confronts the girl and like that's explained to her she's like well i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the hotsiest and the tatsiest yeah. i'm gonna suck all the dicks you know? like she's just like oh, wow okay then <laughs> go with your bad rich self like i mean am i wrong because that's kind of no, what it was like i just love the idea of her being like if he wants a whore i'll give him a whore i'll give him a whore i'll give him all I'll of give a whore. the whoriest whore i've ever whored you know it's like all right then. All right, let's see what that's gonna happen. Like, all right, that's. I guess that's a plan. I don't know if it's going to be successful, but. I know. <laughs> oh my I just, goodness! Wow, it was. It's, yeah, and so I was. I loved it. I mean, I. I definitely. Um, I was able to watch it about two and a half times, mm-hmm. and I can see myself watching. I'm glad we got it. We added it to the Amazon library because I'll definitely be watching it again. Um, and the costumes are fantastic. I mean, Not just the fancy dress what? ones, which are. Which are just like what am I what am I seeing you know like like the whole electricity dance scene and okay. all those costumes yes. like I, I'm yes and then the kitty cats like oh, and then I was like are those my. the same cats that were in Footlight Parade like, no I don't know. they're different like, ones there's oh first ones. of all like okay the 1930s early 1930s loved them some cats they did I, I think they that they were like the cats were very en vogue so and yeah, could I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. could not get enough of it <laughs> there's something so interesting too about the beginning of this film so the where it starts and it's at her basically it's at Bob and Angela's apartment and they are wildly rich like absurd rich opulence I believe is the word just like one of those things where they're like old school rich you know to the point of like he doesn't have a job because he's just my job is being rich and spending I, it I believe and his drinking official title it. would be Bon Vivant. Yes. Like, I think that's what those people are. Oh, my you know? God. It was... And, General Gadabout. So, definitely. Some, I love that he came home in a tuxedo, drunk off his ass, went to sleep, yes. woke up super late in the, the evening, like almost 9 p.m., and put right back on a tuxedo. Yep. <laughs> and went out again and, and went, then stood up his wife. Yes. <laughs> and she was wearing an evening gown. I love that she was uh, wearing a full velvet God. evening gown to to in feed the in the morning to feed her bird, which required three servants. <laughs> yes. And did you notice she's wearing this like super, super fine linen, like like a uh, pretty much non functional apron and this little those little like 
gaiters or garters over her sleeves. Probably, like she's yes, even got like little means... sleeve like gaiters because and she stuff. you know she loves doing housewives housework so much. Well, she's a real person, yeah. You know, she's... in her velvet cloak of a thing. <laughs> oh my god! And let's face it, I mean, you know, that was like so this is like nineteen, basically nineteen twenty nine, nineteen thirty. Mm-hmm. So like you're, you're this is just on that edge of that silhouette. Like people were still wearing basically dressing like it was the twenties at right. this point. If you didn't have a lot of money, yes. And we see that often in like um, some of the more the the films around that time that do show more of the different classes like you'll still see women almost in like cloche hats and drop waist skirts but she is full on into the 30s with Way, her she's got yeah. her en pointe finger waved beautifully coiffed long hair and the chignon and then she's got her you know that that I actually really love that velvet dress like I would hang out in that oh that totally it just made no sense for me I was like wow that looks fabulous but I was like why is she wearing I that mean, while doing like weird house chores kind of a go- an elder goth and loves to just hang out and pet her cat I would totally just want to wear that and then when she goes to sit at that organ I'm like, yes. Yes, that to mess of the opera. <laughs> Goth is fuck, dude. <laughs> so cool. Very strange, but I love that. I there's I do love that um Adrian was very forward thinking of that and I I have very I have oh, some texts amazing. that I would like to quote about that later later. But okay. um there's a couple things that I actually wanted to touch on quickly. Um I did I did do some research on just sort of the production of this movie a little bit and oh, I didn't good. know did you if you had anything sort of in line with this. But there were some things that I thought was interesting. I found from sure. an article that um uh, at the time, MGM was a relatively young company and didn't actually have mm-hmm. enough money to have individual sound stages to accommodate all their current productions. So mm-hmm. each sound stage was used for three different film companies in shifts, and, and so each day of I was, filming, I, yes. right? How yes. amazing uh, is this? I <laughs> mean, they had to they had to completely. I know. I was thinking about that as I'm watching, like actually this morning, watching like the beginning of it with those mansion scenes. I'm like, they had to put this up every day and dismantle. Yeah, it. they had to put it, and there's and the Zeppelin scenes too. So there's yeah. all of the scenes. Each day started with license supervising the reconstruction of the set, and each day ended up with them having to take it down. In addition, the party scenes were sought. Uh, shot in an early form of Technicolor that required hot, intense lights and limited yep. um, his p- color palette. The Technicolor scenes, I looked and looked and looked and could not find anything of those. So I guess they're just mm-hmm. kind of lost to the ages of that. And apparently, the strain resulted in a nervous breakdown for Lyson. He ended, yep. um, but shooting ended up dry, um, la- taking so long that he was able to go back to the pr- production after he had recovered. Like, <laughs> like good. I went crazy God. and I'm better now. Oh God, it's still going yes. on. <laughs> I mean, holy shit! What the fuck? Um, I couldn't even manage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I did read some production stuff like that, and just like reading about that, the scene where everybody had to like jump out of the zeppelin, and oh, people yeah. were scared, and the costumes were heavy. I mean, it just, it's, and then also the sort of the rival I, I this is another thing we've talked about this especially movies around this time I can't get over how young some of these people are oh really you know and and the characters they're supposed to be because this girl was probably like 19 20 years old the other woman right and Trixie's it's just so character. I'm just like Trixie yeah. but then you see her like the way she's dancing and singing and carrying on and I'm like you seem so much like you're kind of like you're the floozy but you also seem very mature mm-hmm. like you've lived a couple lives yeah. by this point you know you're not a teen by any means and um, it's just interesting, like, to see sort of where we are today and where people were 80 years ago. Yeah, you know, there's like something in, about in their that. lives. Yeah, I agree. It, it, yeah. There's something about um, that, I think, 
I think there's something about it too because you'd have to think about the college experience wouldn't have been in play for the a lot of mm-hmm. these characters too, and sometimes even the high school experience wasn't a lot of. Oh no! Think well, a lot, a lot of, of these kids were like in vaudeville since like they were two. I know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they, like they they were sort of like. You know, and I I wonder that sort of about some of them, they just have these looks in their eye where Mm -hmm. they're like, they've seen some shit already. You know what I mean? Like, these are not sort of like young, wide-eyed people. Like, they're young, but that like, (laughs) like, yeah, they're maybe young age-wise, but like everything else about them is like very seasoned, you know? Um, But yeah, just even how she, I I can't imagine just being at that age and like being that person, that kind of person, but like people were, like Mm -hmm. people were in their teens and like mistresses to very rich men and wowie, just crazy. (laughs) So yeah, she was 20 years old. I'm sorry. Oh. She, yeah, so she, she was 20 in this movie. And I'm just that to me is just like 20. Yeah. Like what were we doing at 20? Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like we met in, well, that's where we were, we were like in, in fashion school like yeah. going to 80s night. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you know, making terrible decisions. Making terrible deci- juvenile decisions. Yes, and you know wearing I mean? clothes so, that we thought looked fabulous at the time. Yes, Which and did like not. couldn't even legally drink, you yeah. know what I mean? And this is prohibition and she's probably had many a drink, you know? And it's mm-hmm. that's the other thing too is like this is full pro- like prohibitions going on. Yes. And um but you wouldn't know it in this no, <laughs> at all. This movie flies in the face of that like completely which is yeah. great i can i can't even i'm okay so yeah, there's so. other things about so i love the you, yeah so did you read i think it was on the tcm.com that article by frank miller was talking about all the jump that everyone had to like jump out and do all yes. their own stunts and stuff oh my, oh my god it couldn't even like um i think they said and, and that's, that's the thing again being forced to like these oh, people yeah. were under contract mm-hmm. and um even though lillian roth the girl who played trixie like you know it's like she was loaned out yeah loaned out from another and it's like the idea of just human beings being loaned out like slaves <laughs> to the system yes you know like it's weird because we think about like under contract and it's like they really were a slave to their con like they had to do whatever or they'd lose everything yeah. and just have to be in that situation where you're probably like crying or begging like please don't make me jump off of this 200 foot ledge like yeah. I, can't please you know yeah and then you have to do it five times yes like, Fuck you, you know <laughs> and i love that the in the story they mentioned that um demille's adopted daughter was one of the uh henry VIII's six wives in the did you see that like uh in the yes. article she was so yeah. she had to be sort of like she had to kind of be like the the, like take one like, for the team yeah and, and like yeah to do all this stuff before anybody else did so she's just like fuck this because her dad was the product like That's so she so kind of didn't even get the she didn't even get the special treatment she sort of had no, to she be got like treated the worst. yeah she had to be like fine everyone th- hates my dad so i gotta be on like the bridge bridging the gap it was so funny just listen reading all that stuff yep oh and and then also reading like the fact that the person who wrote this and wrote many other films was um actually uh, his mistress oh my oh, <laughs> and right, yeah. was on the books so, like uh, until she died in like 1946 I mean, <laughs> like what get your bills paid girl <laughs> right um i mean not whole, like we just uh yeah <laughs> hollywood <laughs> uh, town of virtues uh, i did want to actually love i wanted to touch on uh theodore kozlov too so we had talked about him during our um during our Salome episode because he had had a um, oh, right. he had had that screen, a love affair with uh, Natasha Rambova so I was pulling some information about him quickly too so he had began working on screen with Cecil B. DeMille in this movie from 1917 called The Woman God Forgot um, and wow. his on screen um, career pretty much petered out after the advent of sound because he 
had a super pronounced Russian accent and it was said that people couldn't understand anything he was saying. Um, he was notably did a cameo in the stage door um, from 1937 as the dance instructor during that scene where uh, Ginger and Ann Miller are dancing and then creepy um, I Adolf Manju comes up. So he's mm-hmm. the dance instructor and you can actually hear him speak. He has like that big, he's like, the Russian accented um, yeah. teacher in that. Um, and then he ended up continuing to work with DeMille until his death. Um, when in his last film he worked on was 10 commandments in 56. Um, and I just thought it was interesting that um, he was in this movie because he was such a faceless name when we talked about him in um, the Salome episode. And he, like we said, he did have an ep- um, a relationship with Natasha Rambova, and he did end up shooting Rambova in the leg when she announced that she was leaving him in 1921, which I think is so fucked up. And he also took um, credit for Rambova's costume work and passing it off of it on his own, which I say to that, not cool, bro. Not cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, not so, at all. That's an, so when you watch this movie and you see the lead in the in the dance sequence and he's the um, the electricity guy, just know that he shot Natasha Rambova in the leg, but Natasha Rambova got her um got her got him back by marrying Rudolph Anzio. So. <laughs> well, no, no, I uh, it's and I was reading something else about him and I I it was about um. A, the woman there was a woman who ended up doing the choreography for Oklahoma and she was oh, inspired right. by him as well so yeah. it's like and by the the choreography in this movie and I think that's what's so interesting like this movie again we were like possibly a stinker maybe not depending on how you see it this movie did serve and has served as inspiration mm-hmm. not just for choreographers but for other costume designers like when Ako did um, the ill-fated Spider-Man oh yeah um, Broadway like she, uh, her costumes were actually uh, very much inspired by the uh, Adrian's work in this movie. Um, just that that generalist kind of aesthetic. Um, it's 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 got a lot of gems about it. There's, you know what there's I mean? There's very interesting pieces of this movie. I do think that there's, and I think it serves too as a really wonderful time capsule of early early filmmaking too because this is Absolutely. one of the films that I actually t- um, kind of referenced before when you see it's really almost poorly edited as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like there's a lot of scenes where you're like someone's like they have cuts where a guy's walking across the room and then they cut to the other side of the room and it takes them a really long time to get there. And you're yeah. just like, how long is this room? <laughs> so they do that. Well, like, and, and even the dance, like, you know, it's not, it's not crisp like a Busby Berkeley. No, I'll just it's put it very like, like clunky. Was, strange. It's a little clunky, but, it, but again, it does sort of serve like, I can see where it, it was like you, you look at, um, like I think of Oklahoma, like where those, like everybody kind of moving in sync and sort of creating like a machine. Right. Like that's definitely something we would see again in uh, just different musics, musicals with a whole different palette and you know um, concept. The, but, it was but similar style. It was really cool. I actually really liked the dance sequence on this. It felt it feels very it felt very modern esque in a way. It was like something that you wouldn't expect to see in the 30s. You expected to see it in like the 50s or 60s with like the beatnik or the yes. Dada, like the those sort of like more kind of like forward, yeah, yeah, those like forward yeah. art movements, you know. So it was an interesting, it was, I thought it was really fun to watch. Um, I did want to talk about the the ex- excerpt that I found in the a- Gowns by Adrian book, If In You Don't sure. Mind. Gowns, gowns, gowns. Gowns, gowns, gowns. <laughs> the Adrian story. So, um, 
This is pulled directly from the book, and it's really interesting. I edited it down for time. So um, basically, on September 21st of 1930, the Los Angeles Examiner headlined um, the phrase, um, the headline read, Garment hits world record in cloth used. Actress costume to be sent to Paris airmail to show Atelier's ingenuity in of Americans. So... This article describes the costume uh, Adrian had created for Madame Satan that supposedly had more cloth in it than, quote, any so far made in the world. He called the gown confusion. So this is the gown that's during the co- during the auction scene when the girls are coming in and the, he kind of has this like kind of like lim- um, lyrical poem that um, Jimmy reads or kind of yes. recites and he um, auctions off these various women and they tell him what she what they are dressed as. So this is the one uh-huh. that comes on and she's basically wearing wearing a one-piece swimsuit with a headpiece that the headpiece is all these like puff balls yes so that (laughs) costume apparently set the record at the time for having the most fabric used in it and she's barely covered which I'm (laughs) obsessed with because that's some straight up showgirl realness there yes it's like you know it's like thousands of yards of fabric barely anything's covered (laughs) (laughs) I know so um Thousands of yards of fabric, not on your body. (laughs) So the gown is called Confusion, and it was packed up and shipped to Paris, where it was scheduled for display in several fashion ateliers as an example of what Americans can do in the most extreme novelties. Quote, I was anxious to see just how much material we could get into a single costume. And I think Paris will find it a little bit hard to beat our record a mile and a quarter, says Adrian. Jeez. I know, right? So, uh, the dress is fashioned from 2,000 yards of silk net, one of the lightest materials known at the time, fastened into 200 balls. Each ball required 30 feet or 10 yards of material. The balls are arranged like an airy pink cloud, now hiding, now revealing the wearer. Uh, quote, it's not a gown which will generally be copied, Adrian said, else husbands of wives who wore it. It would spend half their time chasing loosened pink balls around the boudoir under the bed. It was conceived purely as novelty, and I hope Paris will get as much amusement in seeing it as we did in making it. I'm like, I love these quotes by Adrian. They're so fun. Um, So Madame Satan went into production just as the first effects of the Depression were beginning to alter the national mood. When the Mm -hmm. Zeppelin breaks in two, the event can be seen as as symbolic. The jazz age of carefree parties is over. Um, Adrian, through deft use of costume, makes this point clear. At one point when Trixie initiates a kissing game with Bob and the other male guests, Madame Satan suddenly appears at the side to break up the fun. She, quote, come, come, enough of these baby games in a terrible French accent. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the worst French accent you'll it's ever pretty, hear. It's pretty fucking I awful. mean, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. Like, uh, I, yeah. wow. <laughs> More <laughs> like on that. Like, distractingly terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, to wrap up, basically, this, but the book makes a beautiful point. It says, Madeleine Viennet developed the bias cut in Paris in the late 1920s, but it was Adrian who celebrated and endorsed it on the, um, to the world on the screen. One can almost see the 1920s morph into the 1930s. K. Johnson's silk, silk sheath is more sophisticated, less obvious, and sports an elegant new line. Adrian's ingenious mm-hmm. design were not lost on Paul Poiret, who had visited the Madame Satan set. Bef- and wow. he said, quote, Before motion pictures, the public never anticipated Paris. We could hold a style for six months or a year with perfect safety. Today, however, you are putting so many pretty gowns in your American pictures, striving so hard to make your pictures novel in their costumes that must be kept that must keep on the alert to stay ahead of you adrian designed more than 100 costumes for madame satan 
Um, yes. All the silk balls in the confusion costume had to be symmetrical. They were made by one person in the wardrobe department who worked three plus weeks on one garment. So all of this effort, effort was not lost on Adrian. Just before the great Ziegfeld had its premiere in the 1936, he had the MGM publicity department take out full page ads in the Hollywood Reporter, Motion Picture, and the Motion Picture Herald, officially expressing his gratitude for the hard work that went into making the costumes for the film. So shortly afterward, a wardrobe supervisor made a sign and hung it in one of the wardrobe workrooms that read, it can't be done, but here it is. The motto later also appeared in the MGM art department. So, wow. That's I mean, awesome. I mean, that's such a fat, like such a wonderful. I also love that he's like kind that he is thankful to all the people that made his costumes as well. Like he took yeah. out that art. He took out those full page ads and everything kind of like, you know, praising them for their work, which I'm like, thank you for doing that. Cause so many people take for granted the people who do the work. Yes. Um, no. And that's what we often talk about in this. That's kind of why we're, that's, that's our inspiration is yeah. like, you know, as much as there are these great designers, like there's all these unsung costumers and so people who sew and pattern makers mm-hmm. and the beaters and the, you know, people who just all day long made the symmetrical balls yep. <laughs> for a month. You know? Still working on like, the balls. <laughs> just, how are those balls going? All right, good. Still symmetrical? Awesome. God. You know? Like, I know, just, right? I, yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to quickly touch on, I feel we've been talking about this the past couple episodes and I don't think we fully explained it, what bias cut is. Yes. Which I think we should probably break down for our listeners because yes I thought about uh, that last episode because we were referring to it and then I was like we didn't really actually explain what that is just that it it can be hard and very satisfying when you nail it (laughs) yes so um briefly to explain what bias cut is so a fabric has if fabric basically has two directions you have the lengthwise and the widthwise so what bias cut is is if you were to cut it on the 45 degree angle and what that actually allows the fabric to do is to stretch vertically Mm-hmm. and horizontally too so you what mm-hmm. you can do is you can get a smoother tighter crisp shape so if you think about any sort of like kind of sh- if you take like a, a tube of fabric there's no stretch in it if it's cut on the straight grain but if you cut it on the 45 degree you can actually end up stretching it and what it does mm-hmm. is it actually pulls nicely around the waist and it kind of cuts in and around the hips and the underneath the bum and <laughs> um so it, it, the perfect example to think about this is jean harlow's gown and dinner at eight the yes. big the wonderful gown that she wears that has like a first stole and it's super deep low so mm-hmm. google image search that if you're curious of what bias cut actually can do in a gown so it's something you can do very easily and like chiffons and you could do it in um silk well, like no, a no, very no, no, silky no, no, fabrics no, no, see, as well you, messed up. you said very easily it's actually <laughs> not it, no. it, it is i just want to emphasize it's not that, easy sorry it's not easy um you it can, is something that you you do need to like really it's you can fuck it up yes i'll just say it, it's it's one of those things and we've had experiences with that it's like um you can easily, if you don't cut it right, or you mm-hmm. don't get the shapes right, or the um, if the bias of the angle and how you cut things is not just quite right, um, then you'll have something that will be a, it'll twist on your body instead of stretching. Right. Um, so there's just a lot of it's it's very much like fabric science. And back in the day, um, you know, in the early 20th century, people did this shit all day every day. Yeah. Um, I think of like my one of my favorite designers, Madeline Viennet, who mm-hmm. used to do. Um, she was kind of the queen of cutting bias and she considered herself a a, really a technical designer I mean it was there really is a lot of uh, technique yeah she was a wizard when it came to fabric like her that Mm -hmm. book there's that Madeline Viennet book that actually shows 
full patterns of what these mm-hmm. gowns look like. And she kind of did it's hard such to wrap your beautiful mind around fabric it. and manipulation yep. and like using Absolutely. these pattern pieces that look impossible to make. Mm-hmm. And it just was interesting. And just knowing where to apply weight. Like she would yeah. use fringe or, or embellishment a certain way that wasn't just to, ooh, shiny or movement. It was like, no, if I apply weight here, then it'll help it stretch here. It's just... And that, that was something that you saw, like, a, a, these gorgeous, like, drapey dresses you would see from the teens and then well into the 20s and then, of course, into the 30s. It's mm-hmm. just that evolution of bias and how it was used in fashion. But, again, this was all way before synthetic fabrics and yes. stretch fabrics and things like that. So um, even in watching this movie, like, I'm watching, like, even that, that gorgeous gorgeous velvet gown that she's slinking around it in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. I'm just like, that's silk. You just know it is. Oh, you can yeah. tell that it's silk velvet. You can tell the way it is. There's a sheen to it and, and a richness to it, the way it's uh, like showing up on camera. Even in that grainy black and white, you just know you're like, that is some that is some luxury. She yeah. is just wrapped in luxury. Loved it. And, um, and the furs, you can just see that. Like there's a quality um, that just well synthetic fabric just doesn't have the same um, yeah. look you, and effect never especially that. on film yeah, yeah. um but yeah you can it, always tell i i mean i know it's very you know i know it's i know it's not good but like you can always tell a period film when they're using synthetic furs like oh, you can for sure. always because i mm-hmm. god bless them i love miss fisher mysteries but if i have to see any more fucking fake ass oh, all fur, the monkey coats are in fake all, fur. yeah any yeah. all mm-hmm. the all the foxes too i'm just like that's yeah. fake. you can tell it's fake but yeah. um but you know hey i mean i get know. it like if, if you're gonna fake anything at this day and age like do we need no we don't need to be killing animals yes. just to have costumes on film i'm cool with that um but just to the point of like we also don't need to be cutting up antique dresses and antique fabric to make costumes for things on film I'm just saying that's a whole other polarizing (laughs) thing too but especially in this day and age it's like I don't know how much I'd want to like if I found like 300 year old lace I don't know how cool I'd be like in cutting it up and putting on a costume when I'm like this should be in a fucking museum for people to study so you know but like it's it's uh things of things have evolved over time and um but it's just yeah this oh it's great I'm so glad you're talking about the bias situation because it is very you see this a lot in Mm -hmm. this movie and And I think Adrian was kind of like Adrian was he was the first adopter of bias and he really did a big he did big push for it too he used it in a ton of different designs and stuff Mm -hmm. and um, what I meant to say was not that it was easily what what you see is more readily used in like evening wear and stuff so you so it's like you use it in satins and crepes and so it's Mm -hmm. something you would normally see in some you wouldn't see it in just like a, a day suit or something that they might have put like bias panels or something to give it a little yeah, bit or maybe more a shaping bias and skirt, stuff you know yeah, like and but, stuff, but it wouldn't be like full fantasy right during the day, this is a know? very <laughs> evening look and sort of thing yes. so and yeah. also this is one of those things where it's like no panty line because no panties, no panties. <laughs> <laughs> as, That's our, right. as our hero debbie reynolds once said <laughs> yes <laughs> Word. Word. <laughs> so that's um that's a brief history on <laughs> bias cut. So if you um, ever was wondering, that's what that is. Um and do check out the book, the Madeline VNA book. It's a huge coffee table book. It's and wonderful. It's fascinating. It really puts draping and fabric draping and fabric manipulation into context in a way that you probably never thought of. Like yes, looking I would consider at some her of those, the gold standard. I like mean, just seriously the gold standard to the point where like um, another one of my favorite designers, Claire McCardle, which a lot of people mm. don't know about, but she was a, a an American designer who was taken from us too early. Um, but she even she was um, 
really considered sort of like a, a pioneer in uh, American 20th century fashion and creating a lot of um, wonderful looks um, from in the 40s and 50s and like even kind of like the 50s house dress. But um, a lot of her, she she used to, um, she studied in Paris and used to go to V&A sample sales and oh, would wow, buy lucky. samples and take them apart and taught herself how to, how these dresses were put together by pulling them apart and studying them. Upsetting so the like pattern she, drafting. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Because it, it's people just couldn't even then couldn't wrap their mind around what she was like, what she was able to achieve. And so, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, V&A sample sale. I just uh, where's the time machine? I, like, I just no. can't. I <laughs> That's a, I just, those are three words those that I'm together. Just like, I just can't. Uh, <laughs> like, mind yeah. melting does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so she would go and buy them, and then she would take them apart, study the shape, study the construction, and and really helped. Uh, move her forward in her own design and concepts and I thought that was you know it's amazing it but yeah she's been she's been a, um, a, a I would say an inspiration for designers for generations really word including up. us yes exactly <laughs> uh, did you want me to talk about the storyline of this film yeah yeah sure. for sure this talking picture I mean where do you get start I mean it's I know. it's <laughs> So I'm just going to go through because the storyline is actually fairly is fairly simple. So, all right. All right. All right. Sorry, folks. Little technical difficulties. Morning Zoo voice part. back on. Hello. Hello. Oh, it's Gooder and the Bear. Me, 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 me. Okay. So um, I'm just going to slide right into the storyline on this film. Yes. This talking picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so Madam Satan. Uh, so we open up in the home of Angela Brooks, played by Kay Johnson, who's going about her routine of being a ultra wealthy housewife uh-huh. uh, so her husband uh, played by uh, played by Reginald Denny his name is Bob Brooks he didn't come home last night because he was out on the town doing quote business uh, so her maid her in maid, a full tux yes because that's how business is done mm-hmm. um, her maid Martha played by Elsa Peterson brings her the newspaper with the headline reporting that Mr. and Mrs. Brooks were in night court for drunk and disorderly conduct and Angela is shocked because she's Mrs. Brooks and the house <laughs> staff knows that she was home last night uh, so Bob comes home with his BFF Jimmy Wade played by Roland Young and they are still pissed drunk from the night before. Uh, they sneak up into the shower where they hose each other off, um, fully clothed. Uh, things got a little Midnight Express in there, if you know what I mean. And um, <laughs> this is where Angela confronts them about the prior evening shenanigans. Um, because it turns out the young lady they were with is named Trixie, played by uh, Lillian Roth. Uh, she's a showgirl, and she's also having an affair with Bob. Um, So they pass it off as faulty reporting and convince Angela that Trixie is actually Jimmy's new wife. So Bob and Angela confront each other that night about how he has lost interest in her and she has gone cold and has ceased being a hotsy totsy lady. Uh, (laughs) So they blow up at each other and Bob storms out. Um, So after Bob leaves, Angela tells Jimmy that she wants to spend the night with him and Trixie. Um, you know, because she can't be alone <laughs> ever <laughs> with her thoughts. Uh, not creepy. Not <laughs> yeah. creepy at all. The silence is too loud. Um, so Jen, so Jimmy then rushes over to Trixie's place to warn her about that the lie that they've told. And this mm-hmm. is when Angela arrives. So Trixie is strong-armed into going along with the lie. Um, and to make matters worse, Bob arrives a little later. So Trixie hides on the roof. Um, and Angela hears um, from the next room, realizes that Bob is actually running around with Trixie. 
So Angela enters the room and Jimmy has to hide her under a blanket. Um, It's very madcap. Um, (laughs) He claims that she's his new girlfriend and Bob doesn't believe him, thinking that he's fooling around with Trixie behind his back. This is when Trixie re-enters to prove that it's not her under the covers. Bob buys the ruse and leaves the apartment with Jimmy. This leaves Angela and Trixie together. Uh, Trixie realizes that Angela is caught in her own trap, and then she rubs it in Angela's face that she's going to keep Bob because she understands what men want, and it's all of this pussy. (laughs) I guess. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know what men want? They want pussy. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) The the role of Trixie will be played by Paul Lynn tonight. (laughs) This has been a PSA by Paul Dent. Uh, So Angela accepts the challenge and vows to beat Trixie at her own game. She's like, I'm going to be hotsy totsy too. I can be Paul Lynn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Lynn like the best of them. You'll be Paul Lynn. I'll be C. Nelson Riley. <laughs> Uh, so the next evening, Jimmy is hosting a lavish masquerade ball on the Zeppelin CB-P-55. I don't know what that means. Um, then Trixie arrives dressed as a golden pheasant, and Bob dis- is disguised as a hunter. After the amazing costume parade, um, and when the party is at full tilt, a mysterious woman named Madame Satan arrives and immediately <laughs> bewitches all of the men, and Bob is taken with her most of all. She's all like, hello, it's me, Madame Satan. I'm French for no reason uh-huh. oh <laughs> um, i think it's like french mint slutty i i, I would yeah. assume you know like it just what's the meant s- she was worldly and sexual yeah <laughs> we, she needs to describe her she needs to disguise her voice so bob won't know it's her what's the right. sluttiest accent she could do french <laughs> french french oh oh i am so moist <laughs> only the way an american can do it exactly <laughs> french american style <laughs> <laughs> now it just sounds like a speech impediment. Duck a la orange, my vagina. Oh. Look at my bosoms. Um. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm overcoming a cold. Now I'm cough laughing. Way to go. <laughs> we did it, you guys. Um, Ugh, thanks. What he's not aware of is that Madame Satan is in fact his wife, Angela. Bob pursues her relentlessly all night. He must have her, and he ends up ignoring Trixie. So a storm is brewing. <laughs> metaphorically and literally um and this is when the identity is finally revealed to bob which pisses him off i don't really understand he's just like how dare you be a slut and my wife at the same time (laughs) um it was a very how dare you turn me on and be my wife (laughs) it's like i don't know what's going on (laughs) wives aren't supposed to be this they're supposed to be dry and unsexual yeah i guess (laughs) i guess (laughs) I would know because I'm never home. <laughs> yeah. So the dirigible is struck by lightning, ripping it from its mooring. Everyone's All the steampunks are gagging. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Well, the steampunks were gagging during that weird or during the uh, ballet mechanique because it was all gears and clink. I know and... they're like clink clanking around. <laughs> yes. and, and they're dirigible. You know, oh it was just a thousand, uh, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand steampunks across the work globe just like shot their load. <laughs> just tiny top like, hats with gears hot glued on it as far as the eye can yeah, see. So it, was, it was quite a thing. Um, if only they're they, terrible, if, if only it had brown <laughs> leather for some reason. Oh yes. I'm like why brown leather? 
together. Um, anyway. Well, because you can festoon it with uh, contrasting copper gears. Ooh. That's why. <laughs> okay. This this has been this has been uh, steampunk this corner. This has been steampunk corner. Yeah. Old Hollywood realness. <laughs> Anywho, shady steampunk <laughs> corner. <laughs> Back to the story. So clank, everyone. Clank. <laughs> Everyone scrambles for parachutes, and Bob gives his to Angela to jump to safety. Angela then gives her parachute to Trixie if she promises Mm -hmm. to leave Bob alone. Bob returns and forces Angela to take his parachute. She jumps to safety while he rides the wreckage and jumps in time from it. Um, So he jumps just in time um, into the reservoir. So the next day, Angela and Bob reconcile after Jimmy visits and insists Bob take Angela back or he will steal him for herself for himself. The end. Romance. <laughs> Romance. Romance. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we do need to talk about a little bit about the fact that there is a very problematic scene in this where he um, mm-hmm. tries to. I don't know if he's attempting to rape her or something. It's not fun. It's a little rapey. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little like rapey. yeah, or just like ah uh, no. Or what I do know. they call it? The old mo- making violent love, Ooh. like something like yeah, I know they they say shit like that. Oh, ravishing, if you will. But yeah. it was Ooh. it was a yeah, it was uncomfortable. He's like, you've had your fun now, I have mine. I was like, I don't like this right now. It's not. This is not the time or yeah. place. <laughs> not yeah, into Madam Satan, pull your gun. Where's yeah. that gun you had earlier? Yeah. yeah, she did have a gun for no reason. She did have a gun. It was a beautiful pearl handled uh, Derringer, which probably wouldn't have done much damage anyway. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? This is be- definitely um, a. It's um, that was definitely an example of bad script writing because mm. if a gun is introduced in the early part of a film, it has to be used by the end of the film, and this was one where it didn't. and this was not. Yeah. So that gun should not have been in that movie. Yep. This has been Writer's Corner with Philip. <laughs> I don't. I'm not an expert. I didn't go to school for that shit. I love how you're like trying to call out continuity and <laughs> <Adam> Satan. <laughs> well, just, just writing structure, writing a dead horse, writing theory. You know, just. <laughs> I listen to podcasts. I know all about writing theory. I'm an expert. (laughs) I listen to podcasts. I know how to do this. Yes. (laughs) Bad 1930s writers. Um, So Kathleen, tell me, I need to know, what is your favorite look from this film? Oh, gosh. I know, right? Narrow it down, please. (laughs) Uh, It's really hard because I I do really love the Madam Satan dress, but I kind of really love Trixie's pheasant. Okay, those two are the... the, So we can just... Let's take those out of the runnings because we're going to talk about those. I think that those two are fantastic, but let's highlight some other ones. What are the... Anything... Let's do the the (laughs) B-sides. Well, you know, I really, really loved the, um, the evening dress that she... That the wife is wearing wearing when um when she's like about to go out that night you know oh, and yes. um, and he, she gets stood up you know they're supposed to go to a show and then she ends up going and spending the night with jimmy and mm-hmm. she's wearing that gorgeous just the epitome oh. of like high fashion bias cut 1930s with beautiful jewelry she's clearly wearing like these like like long diamond necklace and diamond earrings and she's got little like diamond fobs on the on the shoulders of the dress and just that's the other thing I love about dresses from that time because it's like not only the bias bias cut dresses not only just showcase showcase the luxury of the fabrics mm-hmm. but they're also like a blank canvas to put stunning jewelry on top yes. of I mean they're just they beg to just be you know like laden with diamonds or any sort of beads and jewelry and just because it's this beautiful just rich blank canvas of 
gorge. And it's you know? a and really beautiful. That was a really beautiful dress because then on a second, mm-hmm. the second viewing is when I noticed that the whole skirt is like actually got like a, yes. it's got like a chiffon overlay, and the whole mm-hmm. skirt's like kind of handkerchief. There's hemmed. a lot going on in that. It's yeah. got like which is kind of a, which is kind of a throwback to the twenties because the handkerchief mm-hmm. was more of a thing you'd see then, which was kind of nice. Exactly. That it was That's like why I love the bridging. transition. It was really it, it, cool. Yeah, and even the way the waist is on it, it's not. It almost gives that illusion of being like slightly soft or a little dropped on her, mm-hmm. even though it's not. But yeah. it, it has a little bit of a, yeah, it definitely has more of a late 1920s feel. Um, but that, I love that. And I really do love that just in general, you can feel the transition from the 20s to the 30s in silhouettes really happening in this movie. Oh, and, and she you, had... you really see that a lot in movies from this time, especially because you see like um, the upper class is definitely going into the 30s. And then people who are more like a, like the Trixie and the working class, like their, their stuff definitely has more of a 20s vibe, you know, or yeah. late 20s. Like even her hair, you know, like certain things about it and her eyebrow shape felt very reminiscent of the previous decade, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, I think that was, one. and then of course that velvet one we keep talking oh, about, yeah. that lovely velvet, like, I mean, is that a house dress? I don't know, but <laughs> I want one. Yeah. I don't even know what color it is. I'm assuming it's, I don't know, rich lady mauve or <laughs> uh, rich lady green. I don't know. It's a, it's a rich lady color hmm. and um, and uh, and it's velvety and it looks really soft. Fantastic. And, yeah. I mm-hmm. loved her. I loved her evening look that she where her and um, Bob have the uh, confrontation as well because she has a yes. wonderful. First of all, she's wearing full. She's wearing long gloves with it that mm. have the eye that have the keyhole right at the wrist so you could take that the glove off. That her maid needed to help her put them on yes. and off. Like and there's a whole part fantastic. in that where you see that. Yeah. And then she has an ace like a cover-up too like a wrap mm-hmm. with a fur only on the one side which was fantastic gorgeous I mean, and her hair is beautiful yes. just yeah she looks fantastic i mean there's so many good looks in this movie i want to point out there's um the well i mean the costume parade is nana bananas like, oh just well yeah nuts. we didn't even like, like we're talking beasts we're talking like everyday yes. clothes but like so Jesus like Christ. i think the costumes that even the captain and the first mate was wearing was like some mm-hmm. crazy like art deco costume for like uniform thing which was bananas it looked very like you know how in the art and art deco everything looked like it was going 90 miles an hour even though it was standing still it was like that very sort of like long linear like lines and like these mm-hmm. beautiful like concentric concentric arcs and stuff like that and so with their costumes have this sort of thing and here they're just like we work on the dirigible and yet somehow we look like we're from space the 1930s is it's, so amazing i love it I i'm love like it. i want to i want to cosplay as these dudes they look awesome Awesome. For real. I mean, oh, it would be kind of like a very deep cut, but <laughs> I'd be into it. I also yeah. loved, I actually really loved the scene where she, where Trixie was rehearsing that musical number with her old vaudeville pals. Yes. And the dancing yes. that her friend does is kind of amazing where he looks it like he's is. made of rubber. Oh, yes. So and she's good. like just going along with it. That's what I was saying is like, and maybe a little bit, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Lillian Roth, but like Please she do. just... She just like uh, she she lights up like I don't know I really love like every scene that she's in is like really like I love I love when she's on stage like mm-hmm. I'm like what are you gonna do next or yeah. say next she, she has an energy about her that's quite lovely she has a very beautiful stage presence I think she does and I love the way she sings because it it reminded me of like Mae West and I was mm-hmm. like and like just the way she's singing I'm like this is this is like some old school shit right here like this is someone who knows how to like sing on stage and like like. 
hello boys and belt one out you know yeah, and, it and just, she's she just got, did it so naturally and you she know? is so in, is, I liked her singing voice too because it was juxtaposed against um, Angela's warbly faux yes. light opera singing too mm-hmm. and I think that hers was more jazzy which yes. I think was really she's fun. like pure jazz baby and yeah, I love and it she's got that like kind of voice yes. you know and like love and then it. Angela's got the like warbly kind of thing which I think is yeah. actually really fun um, another one that I wanted to point out because we had some 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 friends over on the OA our podcast darlings group mm. please join now um yes. so they were pointing out that they were watching it and they had to stop pause it like three or four times because they really wanted to see uh lillian roth's uh robe that she wore during the after I that know. at the apartment scene where she was like oh they were trying to hide angela and stuff it's like hurry make a quick escape in this long, long trailing fur robe in this long it's like sheer organza robe that has oh full rhinestone encrusted sleeves up to the elbow and full chinchilla lapels and like binding on it but it's like the most useless boudoir penoir thing it's the uh it was you know that one of her sugar daddies gave that to her i mean you know she took that shit off set too where she's just like oh i don't know where that robe went guys sorry about that and there's a gorgeous i'm actually i was looking at it now there's a gorgeous uh george harrell uh i believe it's a george harrell picture of her um and it looks like it's like she's in that and it's, uh-huh. but it's she's yeah. lit like she's lit like uh Jean Harlow and she looks so amazing. I've seen that photo it's so gorgeous. Just star. I Stan. mean she's really really pretty. Um if you had to pick a few uh kind of highlights from the from the masquerade ball which by the way if I'm going to a masquerade ball if anybody invites me to a costume party it better be up to I want dirigible level masquerade <laughs> eleganza extravaganza realness full fantasy. full fantasy I want dirigible <laughs> zeppelin realness up in this piece like don't be throwing no steampunks allowed is what, that what you're I, you know what give me steampunks as long as they bring in it as long yep. as they bring in it you know it's like don't bring me I was like I don't want to see a sexy nurse I don't want to see a sexy cop I want like full you need like you need fantasy. the bouncer that was like around for studio 54 exactly. just like judging everybody at the door be yeah. like no I no need- no you're you're good. Yeah. No. <laughs> if I throw a Halloween party or a masquerade party, and this is actually why it's in the Spooky Dookie series, it's not scary at all. It's not even creepy. <laughs> it's all about the fact that there is a costume party. So, so yeah, we should have set it, that it up top. But we'll, we'll give that for Dookie. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> I mean, we all we all did poop a little when we saw the costumes, yeah. right? <laughs> I squeaked out a little. I was like, oh, these. <laughs> well, these underwear are trash now. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. I'll send you the bill from the dry cleaning. Because <laughs> I dry clean all my underwear. Um, <laughs> it's called self-care. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love I love the idea of doing that. So if I ever throw um, a masquerade party, I'm going to have a bitter queen work in the door and just being like, not with that outfit, honey. You need to turn it around. <laughs> like, take it home. Put on some other Turned clothes. Turn it around. Turn it around and put on some more clothes. Sexy cop? Uh-uh, girl. <laughs> You're under arrest for looking like trash. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Give you. I'm the fashion police. Get Cite, the hell out. No, no. I'm citing you for a lawful and um, disorderly outfit. <laughs> Anywho, so what were your uh, what were your highlights from the masquerade ball? Was there any ones that tickled your fancy? Well, let's see. I mean, besides the leads, I mean, besides you I know, mean, like Madame Satan Madame and then Satan's Trixie's gown. like pheasant costume. Like those are really. Oh my god. Which... Really amazing, and I were kind of perfection. I I love the one 
Um, well, it's kind of funny, but the one who was the girl who looked like she was three girls. Yes. And she's, she, I loved her. <laughs> yes. And she was like, not. they don't even give her a speaking role. She's just like in the background and she's got these weird puppets and she just kind of like ambles yes. by. <laughs> I love her. And like, that's like really whimsical. And then at one point when they're doing like the auction, the one who comes down and she's just full shimmery showgirl. And she was wearing a headpiece that pretty much is like three feet tall. Yes. Like to the sky. And I was like, hey, Philip, look, it's like bitch stole my luck <laughs> no, but i kind of was like i mean i i really love that because it just they really went there yeah, was that the and one she that like she a, was dressed as water she's like i'm yes. supposed to be water yes that one oh and like God. i just to me she just looked like an airtay etching like yes. just come to life and i loved it i loved it loved it i so. just love that so many of the women were dressed straight up as just showgirls which i yes. could not yeah. even handle like straight up yes. like the movie fan lady was straight up showgirls everyone's even walking with their hands out and then of course they're walking downstairs a la Ziegfeld like it's yes. very like you you know where they were doing what they were doing with it and I love how like everybody's doing like a tap routine going into the into the airship oh, my like God. that that was amazing too and then you see all the cats like everybody's like all the kitties and I everything feel like and the they're kitties, all doing like a dance number I feel and, like the uh, kitties were like those that they hired they were hired for the party to be like kind of like um you know what plants so that they were I there know, to yeah. sort of get everyone like going yeah and stuff, get everyone had, going like, like come on guys uh, <laughs> a little soft shoe yeah. and I'm like oh god Philip you know what I love I love singing I and know. you know what I love more I love dancing tap dancing you know what I love more than that costumes and they had them all at once and it was just like oh my god tap dancing so tap dancing ladies dressed as cats count me oh god <laughs> where do I sign up kill me that's great <laughs> kill me bury me in a cat costume thank you um so you you read my will <laughs> what you're talking about oh my How'd god what about the ladies in the teeny tiny blimp cars um <laughs> yes you the weird drinks like what what is that and there's like that publicity shot of um the like the husband and wife like she's pouring him a drink from that so like in her madam weird. satan costume like oh my god does you gotta love those like it kind of reminds me of the forbidden planet stills yes. we found where it's just like they're not even really it's not any part of the movie it's like the main characters playing with the props and like just posing with them of course, you know I love like those. So or like doris good. day did that with like the glass bottom boat where it's just her like posing in front of like technology with yeah. her white dress on you know and you're like okay oh my Cool. God. Um, <laughs> gotta give props to uh, Spirit of Victory. Was it the woman yes. who's like who was dressed as a giant laurel, but it went from arm down, so her laurel wreath went from her shoulder to her other shoulder, yes. and it rendered her arms completely useless. Which <laughs> I was like, that's some Bob Mackie Jubilee realness, <laughs> loving it. I'm right? like, walk, I'm like, walk that, walk that ass down those stairs, girl, because you are serving it up. Like, yes, because you know those were all like gold lame, and she probably and festooned the sequins, and she probably looked like. I mean, she just looked like, you know, my orgasm, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I loved her and I loved movie fan lady and I loved. (laughs) I know, like all of them. They're just amazing. There were so many good costumes and I'm just like, oh, the fish story lady was cute. She was actually I love mild, the fish story. She was mildly practical. Yes. Was, <laughs> that hat was killing it. Um, oh my God. I do want to point out um, while we're on the subject, 
Lillian Roth's, Roth's pheasant costume. So if you'll remember back when we were talking to Pete Menifee on the Showgirls episode, the bonus mm-hmm. episode we did with him, and we were talking about the pheasant feathers. And he had mentioned about the super long feathers that were in that a pheasant has, and mm-hmm. they only have two of them. Yes. So this in t- and they cost about I think. And she's re- wearing like a hundred yes. of them. Yes. So the co- the feathers she's wearing are all of those feathers. So if you think about it, each feather represents or two feathers represent one bird. So times that by as however many feathers she has. That's as many birds as it would have taken to make that costume. Yep. So it's lavish. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and I the way they were treating those feathers, the way they were manhandling I, those feathers. I know feathers they were kind of flipping like, back and forth. I was but like, like God, they, yeah. Reginald Denny was no. grabbing them and so was Jimmy was like literally grabbing them with his fist and like moving them around. And I was just like, my blood pressure was rising every time they me touched too. those feathers that way. I was like, Stop it, those things are expensive. Me too. I was like, uh, yeah, it was kind of making me sweat a little bit like, and not in a good way. That's like fifteen dollars yeah. a feather. Yeah. But we've we've seen this before where we're just like we'll watch some of these movies and like when we hate seeing opulence trashed, I it makes know. us upset. So it's, we're like it's very triggering. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it when they when she crashes through the window at the end and she's kind of suspended in like on like a, her from her parachute and her costume still looks flawless. Like you uh, can no, tell she's this like, is clearly Hello, boys. the yeah like, that you could so good. <laughs> clearly tell this was the first scene that they filmed because that costume still looked fantastic. Yes, um, and whoever was the feather wrangler was doing an amazing job of making sure none of the spines got broken so yep good and i i have a little bit actually about both of those scenes and just her in general please um (laughs) please tell the baby teach the children (laughs) thank you well because i never really i didn't really know much about um lillian roth and she didn't appear in too many more things after that um and it's um and when i was saying remember like i was like she just kind of has this like knowing look like this like even just the way she sings and that you see in the beginning like this girl handles herself like she's been around you know right and turns out yeah like um it's, uh, it says that she was considered Broadway's youngest star and had been acting since she was six. Um, she was pushed and browbeaten by the horror show of stage tr- stage-struck parents. Wow. <laughs> and in the late, ni- uh, the late uh, 1920s and early 1930s were her peak. And she was only 20 years old when she did Madame Satan. Wow. Um, so young. She, yep. And she starred on stage in Earl Carroll's Vanities and Zigfield's Midnight Frolics, as well as brightening a handful of films. Mm-hmm. Her life wrecked on the shoals of her alcoholism and eight nasty divorces. Whoa. She, mm-hmm, she, um, um, she was a has-been until a fateful appearance on the This Is Your Life TV show where she told her sad tale to millions of TV viewers. And she wrote an autobiography called I'll Cry Tomorrow, and it became a, a kind of a weepy movie hit starring Susan Hayward. Oh, um, wow. Who was Oscar nominated for the role. And um, Helen Rose uh, did the costumes and won an Oscar for the costumes. And even though they were not considered be- uh, great because it was, um, they kind of, everything was sort of evoking the mid-1950s instead uh-huh. of like the era in which she was in in like sort of the 30s. But we've we've seen that a lot. What with, was the know, name of the liberties. film? Sorry. It, I'll, I'll Cry, they, it was called I'll Cry Tomorrow. Oh, so the, the book and the movie were, I, yes. Okay, yeah. well. And the where I had read it, they the the sort of the 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 person the, what I, the information I had read it said um, the the book is unrelenting misery, oh. the biopic is unrelenting tripe. <laughs> Helen Rose won an Oscar for the horrible costumes, all evoking mid nineteen fifties instead of Roth's era. Oh. 
Um, but then it also said that Lillian Roth uh, reported in her biography that she too had not wanted to jump because we were talking earlier about Cecil, her, his own adopted daughter right. being, and she was only a schoolgirl at the time, being made to jump and sort of being an example to get other people to jump off this like you know thing, and they did it all in one take. Um, Lillian Roth, you know, as we know, like Trixie had to do that big that jump, and it was like a, an estimated height of two hundred feet, Jeez. not twenty. And um, she said, reported uh, in her autobiography that she too had not wanted to jump, although her estimate of the height was 200 feet, not 20. She did not want to crash through the sugar glass ceiling of the Turkish bath either. Mr. DeMille um, um, was so excited by one of... um, uh, like there was I guess there was another example where somebody had jumped through um, candy glass and they got all cut up oh. and so he she was really worried about that and so uh, she said DeMille said nothing instead he strode over to a pane of candy glass leaning against the wall lifted it high and shattered it all about him and he said if it didn't hurt my old bald head he said caustically waving away dripping splintered glass it won't hurt your young back end <sighs> and she said I jumped on schedule Oh, and it also says, nor was she thrilled with Adrian. Hollywood's oh. famed... Mm-hmm. Ooh, she said, scandal. <laughs> right? And she said, Hollywood fa- Hollywood's famed dress designer had prepared a startling costume, the pheasant one. It said, I was to come to the ball as a pheasant, ir- a pheasant iridescent... Uh, oh, sorry. I was to come to the ball as a pheasant in an iridescent golden bra, iridescent golden shorts, um, and stemming out behind tremendous pheasant feathers. Adrian wrestled with the bra. He said, you'll never fit into it. And he was really annoyed, looked at me as if I had betrayed him. And he's like, I've designed this for a boyish figure. We consulted Mr. DeMille, and and Mr. DeMille said, the girl isn't supposed to be made to fit the bra, he said sharply. Make the bra fit the girl. Adrian scolded and fussed, but he did what he was told. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. But I've heard of that stuff before, too. It's like, you know... Like catching him on a bad don't, day. <laughs> well, that and just the idea of like you know you design a costume for a certain body standard and shocker you know that's maybe not the body that you're gonna have to to fit on yeah. and getting kind of tooty like it's the fault of the person I when know. it's like dude you didn't even met probably met you just assumed and that that kind of that's a polarizing thing that happens quite often and not just costume design but we've even fashion design and this this you know like fitting to an ideal instead of fitting you know the having the garment fit to the body you're trying to find the body to fit into the garment right and that's you know um it's Two ways of thinking, I guess you could say. That's true. <laughs> but I thought she looked lovely. And yeah, she had boobies. What oh, can yeah. we say? I mean, looked, I think she looked know. amazing and she managed to pull it off. It's a it's a bummer she when that cute. happens. It really is a bummer. But I yeah. do I don't wanna I don't want to be I don't wanna be an Adrian apologist, but I nope. think that like stress Dude, he designed a hundred costumes. Like he's costumes. probably just not he's probably having it. Yeah. He's like, this is we the don't last know. thing I need. It's just like yeah. he's probably like, honey, get your boobies and a like get your boobies to act right, okay? He's like, I don't have time for your titties. Like, but I love how DeMille's like, no, 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 Queen, you need to make that shit yeah, fit. Sorry, yeah. you having a bad day. It's yeah. no, like own up to your own own up to it and fix it. Like yeah, so. get it, you know? I mean, you gotta but, do what you gotta do, I guess. But so. let's face it, like, I mean, there we've I mean, just because you're you can be a tremendous great costume designer but fit may not be your forte that's, that's why we talk about people like vna where it's like it was all about like just technique mm-hmm. and you know dimension and math and you know it's it not really and the full fantasy just was kind of came you know yeah. but 
Um, it's it's also very difficult sometimes when you you have a really strong vision for a design and a costume, and you're really not even thinking about the body that's going to go into. It. You're just like I'm thinking about the thing. Yeah. And you don't realize like oh crap the person who's going to have to wear it actually their torso is a little longer or their boobs are a little bigger or their butt's a little smaller than I thought. Like you just you know, and then he's like, oh, gosh, well, this isn't according to plan. What am I going to do? Queen out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw a tantrum. <laughs> Grand mall tantrum. <laughs> That's all I can do at this point. Ah. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel you, buddy. Poor little guy. He's just, trying yeah. to do, he's just trying to do his best. I just, you know, but yeah, it sounds like uh, Lillian Roth didn't have the best life. And no. I actually, I wouldn't mind. I'm sure it's very sad, but I, I, I would. I could probably see myself reading that autobiography. It yeah. sounds pretty interesting. And I mean, but again, it's also very tragic. We see this even to this day. Poor kids getting pushed, you know, yeah. with greedy stage parents. And even though we have the Coogan Act and there are some laws in place to help protect children so that they don't get completely taken to the cleaners by their own family, sure. it still happens on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and it's just really sad. Um, but that that made a lot of sense. After I read that, I was like, oh, because she really comes across as a perfect like she's this is not her first sing in rodeo. You know That's what I mean? True. And just and but no, but I'm like, excuse me, how old are you? <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way I would have had that kind of presence and naturalness. <laughs> exactly. But um, but yeah, I love the way she sings. It really reminded me of uh, Mae West, and I love the way she sings. It's that very like jazzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of like what you'd probably hear in like New York vaudeville. Totally, it just, yeah. It's, it's from another time, another place. She's like, like you a just little bit of a anymore. she's a little bit of a time capsule in this movie. Yeah, like, which is really cool. And yeah. I do think that you and I should learn that dance, the dance routine that her and her uh, dance, her and her dance partner uh, please? do. Because yes. they do that cute like they do that cute thing with the. There's a gif of it on our Pinterest of them two dancing like. So face to face and doing that fun thing with like their little wavy legs <laughs> yeah they're, they look like little cartoons and yeah. like it reminds me of like cart like old early warner brothers cartoons they show people dancing and they're like wacky waving wiggly arm guy yeah. you know <laughs> just <laughs> pretty much but he but was also, he was like a wacky waving flailing arm he was <laughs> but it, but it's so funny but again like they're doing this and i'm like this is just something like no big deal to them. Like for us, we'd be like, Oh God, we got to like, this is a complicated routine. Mm -hmm. But like back in the day, people did this shit all the time. Yeah. If you were even going to audition, you knew, you knew how to sing, you knew how to dance, you had to, you know, tap dance, you know how to do like you did, you know how to dance in different ways. You had to sing in different ways and, and maybe a couple of other tricks, you know, like it was insane. Love it. So uh, yeah. Gosh. But um, yeah, this movie was so great. I am so glad you recommended it because it was an, odyssey yes. and it's I, a it visual just, feast wow it really is and i like you said it's it is a really amazing time capsule of just so much like the the 1920s 30s early talkies mm-hmm. just that style of like singing and the clothes and it's and also very strange for, yeah, yes yeah. and it's very strange to see cecil b demille do something other than a historical yes. like mm-hmm. epic like you you know him for like 10 commandments and yeah like, all biblical those so- like biblical i think of bible shit yeah yeah, mm-hmm. he does those and you know and it's just it's interesting to see him try yeah. try and fail to at like a musical yeah. comedy like it's so interesting because you could tell like he was putting all his like his stamp of like lavishness and like he was leaning of it yeah. yeah he definitely leaned in it and I think it kind of like 
it it hit the it missed the mark, but it, it succeeded on some levels. I think that because sure. he had the name and the gravitas, they could do this kind of lavish mm-hmm. costuming and stuff like that, which allowed us to have you know these gowns to say. And I do want to point out too that at some point, I think I want to say way a long time ago, like in the seventies or something, like maybe in the Diane von not Diane von Furstenberg, the Diane of Reland days, that mm-hmm. the Madame Satan gown was on display at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It, it was. Yeah. I cannot, There's like a grainy picture of it, yes. but like it's hard to see it, but you can tell the color is absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic and stunning. It's one of those like I, 70s yeah. photos with like the high contrast, like the high, yes. um, the high sparkle filter going, which I live <laughs> for. Um, <laughs> but, but this one, you're just like, can you tone it down a little so I could see the swirl cuts of the dress? Well, I just wish there. that I could I wish that there was more information because I was trying yeah. to find like what year it was what year it was on display is it and it's not in the permanent collection of the Met so the Met doesn't own this costume it still exists somewhere and I'd really be curious to know who has this costume like who's the owner of this costume and where it is these days because after yeah. this there's no there's really no like record of it being on display do you, anywhere do you think the Academy may own it maybe like, I don't know LA? I don't know because I was looking up everything and I couldn't find anybody who who owned it and doesn't appear to be in Debbie Reynolds collection or sold at the auction. So I'm not really curious to know. Huh. It's just good to know that it still was around, especially in the Diana Vreeland Met days. Yes. Um, so I'd be curious. Well, let's to face it. She see... should be canonized as a saint because <sighs> like, dude, we would not know the Met the way we know it today. Yeah. So, and oh, we God. wouldn't have the you Met guys, ball. If, I'm just, uh, yeah, well, if my... you guys have not seen <sighs> Diana Vreeland's documentary on Netflix, the, the, the eye, eye has, has to, to travel. travel, which is, it's that is the best like when it comes to design and especially costume design stage design like stage Mm -hmm. costume design this really sort of like tells you all you need to know it's like keeping the eye moving keeping the eye yes interested and i think that that was you know Anywho, we could wax poetic about Diana Vreeland, oh, but I'd be curious if so anybody good. has, if anybody out there yes. has any information on this costume, please. So, yeah, please weigh in. You know, it's like, like I feel like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm putting out Maybe if it's sitting like, in your grandmother's closet somewhere because she worked at the Met. I don't know. Yeah. We, we, a girl can dream. I feel so. like I'm putting out the call for like a lost child. I'm like, please come home. Mommy loves you. I know. It would be really yeah. cool. Oh, man. Imagine. I wonder if Fidim has it. I don't know. Oh, I'd be very curious. It, I mean, I don't know if maybe FIT has it. I should. I don't think I checked FIT's archive to see if maybe they have it. I'd be curious. More wow. to come. If we do track her down, we will let you know. That look way at what can... nerds we become. I know, and I love it. <laughs> we oh. were like, let's just do this podcast. We just gush and gab about the. Co- we'll just like whatever research. Now we're like, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> what year was it? <laughs> oh my goodness! So this movie is. Oh God! Yes. I. I. Well, these are one of the movies. I'm glad that it's now in a digital format that way I can Me put too. it on in the background and it's and been just, like, like in HD like it's it mm-hmm. actually the quality of it if you guys looks get really it on good. Amazon looks great yeah. yeah the sound's really good um I I, I love it like what putting it on especially like at night on a big TV mm. it definitely you know you can it, you can just kind of hunker down and watch it it's really really cool it's good for background if you're doing house cleaning or yeah like- or, or sit around with your sketchbook and you want to just like you know doodle some of those beautiful costumes and get inspired it's it, yeah it's amazing yeah amazing Agreed. Was there anything else we wanted to cover on this film before we oh sign off? I mean, I don't it's no. There's some beautiful photos um, 
on the Pinterest page. Um, if you guys want to check us out, we're Alt Hollywood Realness on that. And there's, I love that there's a photo of back to, behind the scenes of um, Cecil yes. B. DeMille with Kay Johnson mm-hmm. and the writer of the film, actually, too. So there's the one. His mistress. His mistress, yes. <laughs> um, and he's in his he's in his puffy director pants, which I think are awesome. Um, so you know, this. I know it's that know. like quintessential like 1920s or like. Again, there were there it's, were definitely things yeah. about this movie that reminded me of Singing in the Rain. It's like straight like, up Western <laughs> costumes. Yeah. Like this is a director's costume. Like here you go. Yeah. Like it's so fun that he's like dressed as a direct. Like what you would expect a director to wear. So yes, mm. and also too on their Pinterest, I noticed you. Um, we have the um, we also have the sketch Adrian sketch of mm-hmm. Madame Satan from 1930, yes. which is really amazing, Posted and it Instagram has a very well. like avant garde Art Deco sort of aesthetic to the way he draws, and I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, another. Another thing that I wanted to talk about on the mm-hmm. Madame Satan costume was her mask. So her mask is fantastic. And I love that she, the mask is double layer. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that where the I mask did. actually has, so her makeup is a mask underneath the actual Madame. It's the insane. Ma- and I would, cause it's fabulous drag queen makeup. Like it's fabulous. And yes. then she takes the mask off and she's not wearing makeup at all, which I'm like, that's brilliant. It is love brilliant. It. And it's like, it's like you can tell it's carefully pinned onto her cowl like mm-hmm. the, the that she's wearing and she does like at some point like you see her she physically has to unpin it to like reveal her face and um, but there's some really beautiful um, like publicity shots of her like kind of like holding the mask up a little bit so you can kind of see that like that the eye makeup detail is part of the mask mm-hmm. it's just amazing and then she's got those really cool beauty marks where they're like distinctive little like so flame. like flames I know yeah. I love the <laughs> so, flame beauty marks they're so quirky it's so cool <laughs> whimsy <laughs> yeah I oh mean it's God. it's really I it, yeah this movie and again it, there's just so much about it that is like it's very pre-code content I mean the fact that she's even called Madam Satan and who wants mm-hmm. to go to hell with Madam Satan and then there's jokes about what was that there was a joke about like donating to the uh like it was like the bellboy families oh, of lost right. bellboys, you bell know, and I was like, keep their mouths shut, <laughs> keep their mouths shut. I'm just like, okay, that's a, that's a scandalous little dig there. Pretty much. It was so, so funny. God. yeah. But yeah, there's so much. If you guys could really like check this movie out, it's really cool. It's definitely like it's it's on brand for old Hollywood realness, and <laughs> that it first of all it features costumes from our number one favorite costume designer all time of all time, which is Adrian. And to you, um, Adrian. <laughs> yes, and it is it is MGM early MGM Cecil B. DeMille. I mean, the costumes as far as the eye can see. Party on a dirigible. You got it. I mean, (laughs) it's got everything a little boy wants when he grows up. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. Pretty much. What do you want to be when you grow up, son? I want to be a party goer on a dirigible. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a bon vivant and general (laughs) gadabout. You know, such things as that. (laughs) Also, did, um, did Errol Flynn borrow this, the husband's costume for Robin Hood? I just, I'm looking at it. Oh my God, <laughs> Errol, his costume. We didn't even talk about his costume. Okay, first of all, with his yes. his little shorty tunic, which mm-hmm. by the way, he totally straight up flashes panties in one scene. <laughs> yes. When he climbs up to like push her out the window or something when she's yes. in the parachute. I'm just like, okay, fan service with that panty shot. <laughs> 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 like wow I did not know if I needed to see Reginald Denny's taint but cool 
He's not a terrible looking guy. He's no, pretty good. <laughs> he definitely very young in this this movie. Yeah. And he does grow into his own when he um he goes when he when you see him later on in like in uh, Romeo and Juliet and stuff like that because he's mm-hmm. not as hulky hunky as in and this movie as he is in that movie. But, yeah. Um, you definitely do see him shirtless in this film, which is great. And yes. He's wearing some tight tights, which is nice. And he has you know Errol Flynn's um they recycled Errol Flynn's Captain Blood wig. <laughs> yes. I know, right. <laughs> For his weird long page boy hair. Which he reprised for his role in Robin Hood yeah. and the adventures of Robin Hood with matching gauntlets. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a cute way. It's a nice, it's a cute little like tunic that laces up the front, which is very, yeah. uh, very stylish right now. We're assuming it's green. <laughs> Naturally. Um, as, I mean, he has, he had like a little, he had a hat at one point with the, with the pheasant feather in it, which was cute. Yes. There is like pheasant feathers. Oh, like Adrian was had he must have gotten pheasant feathers. In a farm of movie. pheasants were farmed for this. Movie. I mean, there was <laughs> were sacrificed. On his hat. There was pheasants on Romeo's hat. There was which I loved the character of Romeo in this movie too because he was like a nerdy little skinny dude and he yes. ended up like running off with three women. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I'll take them all. I'm Romeo. <laughs> and you're just like, it's just so kooky and madcap I'm, I'm just like you don't know you you wouldn't know what to do with those three women even if you weren't paul in i know yeah he's just like i'll take these three women and do something with their pussies i guess i guess <laughs> and this is the part where, and then tony curtis came over in his rolls royce and put all the costumes in his car and tore off and just br- into br- the sunset <laughs> down sunset and just like bye queens <laughs> Later, Queen. <laughs> oh my God! Good stuff, you guys. Okay, so um, yay! Yeah. Now I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Now that we've so, covered Reginald Denny's outfit, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, you guys can hit us up on social media: Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook and Instagram, OHR Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can, uh, you can. Uh, Join our podcast page <laughs> on Facebook, um, OHR Podcast Darlings, D-A-H-L-I-N-G-S. Just request um, request it and I'll let you join. It's easy peasy. You mm-hmm. can give us a five-star review over on um, on iTunes, just like The Real Leaf did. Woo-hoo! Real Leaf says delightful five stars. I'm a huge fan of classic films ranging from the silent era to today. The most interesting thing about the podcast is that the I'm very oh sorry the most interesting thing about the podcast is that while I'm very familiar with the majority of the films Philip and Kathleen cover their costume centric approach makes me want to go back and rewatch the films armed with a new perspective let's face it sometimes the costumes are the most memorable part of the film it's nice to learn technical and historical aspects beyond the costuming in addition their love and enthusiasm for each of the films they cover inspires me to check out the films I haven't seen yet plus they are hilarious their friendship and comfort level with each other makes it seem like you're hanging out at a coffee house talking old movies with friends um <laughs> keep up the great work bonus philip does a killer paul lynn impression well <laughs> isn't this appropriate <laughs> i didn't even pay him to say that <laughs> <laughs> thank you the real leaf is so fun i think i know who this is yes. because he, he he interacts with us over on the facebook page so good oh wonderful thank you so, thank much. You so much that's Yay. great oh i love hearing positive reviews. i know that was that was like such a touching review Aww. i love it <laughs> it's like i'm gonna cry okay it's great because honestly that's what that's what that's what we're here for like yeah. that we just 
we're we're two really good friends. We we love this. We love like it's an, it's a great way for us to hang out together and mm-hmm. discuss something that that it just absolutely gives us life. Yes. And so the fact that we have other people who feel the same way and want to listen and just you know want to take an hour to not feel like shit and feel great <laughs> and gush about something and maybe laugh like a crazy person while they're listening to it, then that's uh, our job is done. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And in the and in the meantime, thank you for listening to OHR. Oh, 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 oh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>